Hello, and welcome <laughs> to the Cubicorn Gamers Podcast. My name is Dustin Morbido. Joining me today to talk about things, stuff, video games, mostly one video game. Lorraine Morbido is here. It's true. I'm here. Yeah, and we are here to talk about Destiny and Parts Beyond, I suppose. Well let's, well, let's kick things off with what we've been usually doing, which is us stuff. Mm-hmm. I believe all the things we talked about that were in progress are done now. Down the Drain-wise, our first game, Down the Drain. It's content complete. It's out there on Steam. It's an adorable little roguelike about a plumber snake who mm-hmm. has cleaned out a bunch of junk. You can check it out now. The soundtrack is finally up, which took yeah. me too long to put together. Glad I finally did that. Yeah, that stuff's all out there, Woo. and you can check it out whenever. I also believe that maybe the week this is going up, there will be another Steam sale, so Down the Drain will be even cheaper oh, than usual. Nice. I couldn't dis- discount the soundtrack, because apparently that's the same uh, oh. rules as the game. It has to be up for 30 days, so mm-hmm. but uh. next time I'll you know knock a decent chunk off of that, too, whenever there's a Steam sale foot that it's eligible for. Woo. And then I thought about making a bundle for them both, but then like the interface was so annoying... I just gave up <laughs> uh, on, like, the Steam backend part of it. Uh, and I, I don't know. Well, I may revisit that at some point, but for right now, you can snag them separately if that's a thing you're interested in doing. And, yeah, we move ever onward to Super Cucumber and Beyond. Super Cucumber, a 2D platformer, mm-hmm. very 16-bit inspired, somewhat, like, combo-based fighting game inspired also. That'll mm-hmm. be out sometime probably early next year at this point, I'll preemptively say. Maybe the end of this year, maybe not. But yeah, we're going to get back into that in a really big way. And that's on Steam right now, too. Uh, green light. Or not green light. Uh, wish just, list. Yeah, like, it's right. It's it was cr- on green light. Correct. But... It's, uh, the, the store page is up. Yeah, the store page is up. You can expect like a handful of relatively old screenshots and wish listed if you like. But yeah, I got a decent chunk of work done pulling all the existing input functionality yeah. from down the drain in there and updating some of that code just so it's more so the language of the code itself is more game neutral so there was a, a version of that code on cucumber kind of pulled it over down the drain and updated it for that project and now i'm pulling it back over and basically giving us the most updated version but in each of those prior versions a lot of the terminology of how like the calls were to check a button input were very mm-hmm. couched in the specific functionality of those games so it was expressed in like the you know the actions that the characters in those games can do the attack button the map button right. shield and now it's much more neutral like it's, it's like the button you would push on the controller not like mm-hmm. what that button press accomplishes yeah. in the context of a single game which is smart uh, be a little easier to just like yank it out of yeah those projects now and pull it into something else if we want and there's parts of that code that are a little slapped together, but <laughs> in practice, it's actually worked really well. So yeah, keep doing that. And I've got um, I've re- redrawn all the cucumber sprites for him alone. His sprites, not the game, just his. <laughs> the uh, character, which was like 40 images for all of his animations, and they're like rendered as rendered as they will be. I'm happy with them. I'll be interested to see the difference. Hopefully. I've organized everything else that I have already made that will be remade in the same way, but haven't started that because, boy, filling those folders was just like, wow, Mm -hmm. there's a lot in here. Looking at them and then looking back at the game as it exists now, I think it'll be like subtle but noticeable. Like, I don't think it'll be a night and day difference, but I. No, it'll be like, because they are, it is so pulled out, the camera is pretty wide. That I don't think it will. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't. It won't that stand much out that much, yeah. but they will. Just like the edges will be smoother. I've tweaked a little bit of the animations too, just to make them either look nicer or flow a little bit better, make them a little less janky. So hopefully that will be good. 
Yeah, I think so. And again, our plates are kind of full of other stuff to do. Like you've got a bunch of other art stuff that you're going to update a little bit. No, well, I mean, you're going to update it completely, yeah. but you know, like you're not, you're not re like interpreting most of the pre-existing images in terms of like what their no. format one, will be. Yes. Just kind of like redrawing um, them. One of the characters is getting a complete redesign, one of the enemies, mm-hmm. um, but he's a, not that big of a deal. Yep. And then I've got a lot of code updates involving, got to formalize some of the physics stuff in a more structured mm-hmm. way. Just got to still port a couple things over from down the drain. There's a lot, a lot of little uh, housekeeping stuff to do yeah, that's going to take some time. but Strengthening the foundation before we go and build more floors. Right. 100%. So yeah, we're not doing new content right at this yeah. moment as much as like shoring up a bunch of structural stuff. Mm-hmm. But once we get done with that, keep on going. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> keep your eyes open. But yeah, it's slowly but surely coming together just like everything else so again that's kind of the pace i want to set of some constant progress Mm -hmm. so we'll see how it goes in the weeks and months to come but looking good yeah so far we're getting places Mm -hmm. and with all that said i think we're gonna uh, take it back a little bit to our strange addiction (laughs) that's right my strange addiction i i can't stop eating destiny 2 i keep please stop eating it that's right there's no nutritional value (laughs) none Is, is it worse to Play Destiny 2 or, like, eat the foam out of your couch cushions, which is were bad for you. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Destiny really only causes mental distress. <laughs> not, like, like, intestinal. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to, like, shut down your organs unless you go full-on comatose, which is not necessarily the game's fault. It can give you bed sores, depending on That's how true. dedicated you are to... But then again, it's not... That is a result of you interacting with the game. That's not the game interacting with you. Whereas your choice to interact with the couch cushion is to consume it. And then the couch cushion then interacts with you and uh, fuck up your intestines. <laughs> but yeah, we are, we've been on the indie game grind here for mm-hmm. a bit. Which uh, again, that, I expect that to be the norm for the podcast. Yeah. Kind of in perpetuity. More mm-hmm. often than not, we will be talking about small to medium sized indie games as we play them. And uh, keep it updated on our own things. But in the past, we've talked about Destiny 2. It is probably the, across the two of us, it is almost certainly the game that we have played the most together. Yeah. Because, you know, we've played a little bit of, like, Smash Brothers together sometimes. Or Pokemon, like, yeah. Borderlands, mm-hmm. bunch of other random stuff. But, yeah, it's it's almost certainly the game, like, we have spent the most time playing like, in a multiplayer sense. Yeah, a multiplayer between sense. Between the two of us and, you know, yeah. a fistful of other people. And, yeah, it's a weird, complicated fucking... Blight on humanity. <laughs> messy, fun nightmare. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna get into it, but to like to take it all the way back, if you're if you're unfamiliar, Destiny Two is a they they vacillate between using the term MMO and not, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'll describe it as a massively multiplayer online first person shooter. Yeah, that is uh, loot from, shooter, lo- looter shooter. Yeah, so that is from Bungie, the makers of Halo from back in the day. So it's got a lot of Halo roots combat wise, and it's got a like you said a lot of like Borderlands, Diablo mm-hmm. kind of roots. In terms of like progression and getting first gear, first game twenty fourteen, very yeah, much of, around then because twenty sixteen I think was okay. Yeah, two? that sounds right. And in fact, interestingly enough, Destiny two is a, or not Destiny two, Destiny the franchise as a whole is about as old as this podcast because like yeah. I think we started maybe the year before then, like late in the year. Twenty seventeen was Destiny two. So the podcast is old because I I very vaguely remember because I vaguely remember everything talking about Destiny One early ish in this show's lifespan <laughs> back when we were like 
Destiny 1 was First 14, so yeah, out. like we started maybe a couple of months before Destiny yeah. launched. In fact, right, that probably like I think the first time we ever recorded anything was that Gen Con, and then Destiny yep. would have come like a month or two after that, because that probably would have been August or potentially late July. Bungie's releases were like September-ish, almost mm-hmm. always. Until, yeah, September 9th, yeah. 2014 is when they came out, For quite so we a were few like a month years, beforehand, basically. So yeah, we've got some history <laughs> with the, the these games, Ten with Destiny plan. and Destiny 2 and beyond. But yeah, it is a, I would describe Destiny as one of the best feeling, most frustrating games potentially on the market <laughs> <laughs> of like, it is a, a lot of fun to play the way that the abilities and the gunplay and all that in like moment to moment combat feels really good and engaging. And and we'll get into little, like how they've expanded that a little bit in this most recent expansion. But as that game has evolved, it is also twisted. And... Well, it is, it is a, they have gone from a, like that game has been around long enough to like when it was Destiny 1, it was like the, the concept of a, like a live service game wasn't quite as codified as it is yeah. now. So it was just more like the statement was that like we will keep Destiny supported. But in mm-hmm. the term of like, you know, regular releases to what is essentially the same core executable, they weren't just like season passes weren't a thing. Then. It was much and, more akin to an MMO in that regard, wasn't it? Yeah, because World of Warcraft was like that, right? Where it like, you know, the new expansion there was comes a ton out of horseshit to, to com- like keep you busy. You could rerun raids and do I, I don't know what other fucking shit people do in World of Warcraft. I never really played WoW, but um, same. But that game had annual releases, which I like. It probably still does. I don't know what's up with WoW these days Me either. either. But I, I suspect that they haven't transitioned necessarily to like a a season pass style. Who like knows? oh, this for these three months, it's the. You I know. feel like we would have heard about that. So the fact that we haven't makes me believe that it's probably still like. Yeah, but you're right. More that like basic uh, expansions, like that form of Destiny was in the WoW model of like we're gonna have an annual expansion to this product mm-hmm. that will you know add new stuff to it and potentially like new content in between mm-hmm. that is like smaller scale, like not not like a whole campaign or whatever, but like maybe PVP maps, bits of gear here and there. And then like special events, like in fact, the non-expansion stuff, like in the early days of the, that game were probably like the season of the lost uh, equivalent, the like holiday themed stuff of like oh, the festival of the lost. Or festival of the lost. Thank you. Yeah. The season Sorry. of the lost is a different, <laughs> a different thing. thing. But yeah, that stuff. Which I, actually, I don't even remember. Festival Lost wasn't def- Dawning definitely was because I, I think there them. were. I think there were masks that you could. I feel like I've seen masks. I don't know if they're related to Festival Lost. And they had Lost Valentine's thing that they don't Crimson do doubles, <laughs> Crimson, Crimson days. days. Yeah, but that stuff I think was like it was like those kind of things that like quote unquote helped fill the calendar mm-hmm. when the game was in that form. Now we just have Guardian games. They make me want to <laughs> die. But now, like, fast forward to today, like, we've gone from a state where that game was originally supported by multiple studios. Bungie was kind of, like, the prime studio, and then Mm -hmm. other studios within Activision supported it while they were under their banner. To now it's... Bungie has become a larger studio in total to be able to turn out more content. And in fact, I don't remember. I I think it was Vicarious Visions or somebody other. Like, in the transition from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2, Bungie, I don't think, worked on the PC version of that game at all originally. Hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure the complete PC port was outsourced along with all that forsaken content in Destiny 2, I believe, was all made by external studios. I don't think Bungie really had anything to do with, you know, some of those raids that we really liked a lot, like the... um, Scourge of the Scourge Past, of the past and, Chronosaurus. Uh, Chronosaurus. Yeah. Rip. Rest in pieces. Uh, I think a, a lot of that stuff was made externally, like mm-hmm. if not all of it. And it was still technically under Activision. Right. Cause that like was the, the Forsaken year. The Shadowkeep year was the, the first the one first, outside of the it. The first Bungie independent year, right. But they probably still developed it under them. I don't know. It's hard to say specifically. I like, mean, but yeah. The content was probably made the year prior while they were still figuring out the point. The, the point split. being that 
Destiny like started as like an alpha project under Microsoft, presumably, because mm-hmm. there's like little tiny Easter eggs to, in Halo Reach to to like the Traveler and shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like the Destiny franchise has been under development through multiple transitions in like gaming trends yeah. and, and many companies. Like it's gone from Microsoft, Activision, Bungie Independent, Sony, Sony now. now yeah. <laughs> so it's it's kind of been an insane like. It's wild. I'd be fascinated to talk to somebody who's been at Bungie for at least Destiny's whole mm-hmm. lifespan, let alone people who have been there since, like, you know, the Halo days. Like, yeah. that, that's got to be some fucking career. But yeah, now now in the game's current state, it exists in a free-to-play uh, seasonal model that is... They kind of try to split the difference between what yeah, they used it's to like, do it's, and, it's yearly based. and stuff like Fortnite and Apex Legends, where mm-hmm. there will be some annual content like mm-hmm. an, an annual campaign of some kind that comes out once a year and then every three months there will be a season pass that has will have new loot and like a smaller story that isn't quite as uh that that's basically just like it's a, not a campaign it's right like a, it's it's like it's a, mini it's, narrative it's an a weekly narrative that'll go on for you know six to eight weeks probably mm-hmm. of a given season that will take pl- that will be told over the course of doing like one or more repeatable activities mm-hmm. like, like that are basically just like a strike equivalent which is basically just like a, a pve activity where you'll you could either well i think no they're not always match made because i'm like the so the sorrow stuff or whatever was like you could you I could mean, ma- it you de- could it team up with people but it didn't match make you well because like i would say the actual activity that you did was that public event which was just in an area mm-hmm. but the story parts which are more like missions were not match made for season of the haunted specifically like you're talking about sure. right now it's like a small little like tiny little like single activity where you do get match made into it and then you you and two other people just go through this small little like single instance thing like yeah. you're just kind of yeah, checking it, away it's at repeatable it a, content yeah. that, that for the most part the only thing that changes will be like some in-game text and some vo- voiceover like mm-hmm. some spoken dialogue will be yeah, kind of different from week to week telling and... you something about the state of the world one thing that i have liked that they've done with those missions like specifically it might have started around haunted in what i can remember is that as the weeks go on the dialogue is changing. Other people are being brought in. They are referencing stuff that happens. Specifically, since we just started a new year, the last season that happened before that turnover, there was a rather big event near the end. And if you kept doing the activity after that, characters were commenting on it. Like, oh, like this is this is weird because of X, Y, and Z, or... I can't believe that happened or characters just won't be present or more characters will be present because they've been brought in or infected and affected in some way, which they definitely didn't used to do. It used to just kind of be the same rote dialogue again and again and again, but they're taking at least a little more of a dynamic approach to it, which I really appreciate. That's a good note to make. That is, I think that's an interesting transition to get us talking about Lightfall specifically because is <laughs> kind of representative of that whole expansion like how the reception seems to be so far i think bungie has done both a really great job and a kind of bad job <laughs> yeah. of that kind of stuff to some extent because so the raid just came out yes which is another thing that destiny inherits from games like wow where mm-hmm. it's like it's not quite like you know 20 30 man content from like some no, mmos or whatever six. but it is a it is a six person activity that is a very coordinated mm-hmm. you know pve thing where you were as a, as, a, as a group killing a bunch of enemies and juggling a, a, big a series of like mechanics. somewhat con- com- complex mechanics at least compared to like most first person shooters mm-hmm. uh, certainly more complex than like you know running from A to B in a Call of Duty level or whatever 
but the there I've noticed that there have been some cool dialogue changes. At least acknowledging that the raid yeah. happened. I mean, they have done that since, at least as far as I'm aware, Forsaken, with how big the, like, I, I don't know if there was a really big, like, world change when Leviathan, when that raid first came out, but there was a noticeable mm-hmm. shift in the environments after the Last Wish raid was cleared. And I feel like they've kind of done that with... I mean, nothing happened with Gardner Salvation, but that's <laughs> Scarlet Keep was a weird year. Um, but uh, <laughs> but since then, like mm-hmm. there has been like, oh yeah, like the raid is acknowledged basically. Yeah, and they they've done that in some of the other stuff too. But I guess I'll say here, if for some reason you're listening to this and you don't want to be spoiled, I guess it's time to veil. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we're gonna talk about everything in Lightfall, and so from this moment on, anything that ha- has happened in Destiny's canon. Up to week two. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about it. So if 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 for some reason you want to go check that stuff out on your own first, go do that. Come back to this whenever you're done. This might be more interesting, um, <laughs> maybe <laughs> than what you'll play. Yeah, but with all that said, a place where I saw that really fall down in the campaign proper, which like I'm not surprised by, but it it's still like it was a tiny, very inconsequential chunk of one of the big problems I think with Lightfall narratively was that in the mission in Lightfall. After, is it Rowan? Rohan? The, the guy who died? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Rohan. The uh, the elder, not, mm-hmm. Cloud Strider, thank you. <laughs> the elder Cloud Strider. Uh, when, you go, when you go talk to Nimbus about it, their dialogue in the, the... Nimbus is still doing the, like, standard, like, I'm an NPC that you interact with to get quests mm-hmm. dialogue. So, that, so, you know, they're just like, what's happening, Home Slice? <laughs> or the equivalent, like, yeah. to some stupid fucking thing like that. Like Tubular. Some, some, yeah, right. Some, like, gnar- I'm depressed now. gnarly quip. And then, so they say that in the overworld before you, like, yeah. push X to interact or whatever. And then when you start talking to them, they're like, oh, they they then acknowledge that their mentor has just died. And it's those kind of things that, like, I think Bungie is going to be forever at odds with, at least until they're done with this, quote-unquote, like, the Light and Darkness saga. Mm-hmm. Like, the big ominous arc of, like, the entire Destiny universe to date. <laughs> yeah, literally everything of, that's happened uh, since 2014. <laughs> of trying to reconcile the fact that at various points... Both in this game's entire lifespan and just in its current iteration, like mm-hmm. that they want it to be super serious sometimes, but ultimately frivolous enough so that like, and some of it is like you know writers just want to stretch their legs; they don't want to mm-hmm. be writing the same grim dark bullshit all the time. And I get that. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to write like a couple funny lines of dialogue for somebody to say. But I also suspect that part of it is that push to the push and pull between creating something that can be like big and momentous and impactful once and creating something that is unabrasive enough to be like very easily repeatable. Yeah. <laughs> if, if just like a public event of the world that you're intended to do like 40 times or whatever over the course of six months, like if that was like quote unquote narratively couched in like a, a horrible calamity, people like shrieking for their lives or whatever, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying that they would necessarily go that far, even in like past destiny history. Yeah. But like, you get what I'm getting no, at here? Yeah. Of like, I I do th- I do suspect that there is a concerted effort to make the game as digestible as possible across the board, mm-hmm. so that at least like on on a base level, there's minimal friction for you to do the same activity, you know, two dozen times in a yeah. given season or more. Uh, so I don't know. It's just a very complicated, weird thing. Yes. <laughs> but I would, yeah, I would describe the Lightfall campaign as having the the worst problems of Witch Queen and like other stuff in Destiny recently amped up of like having tonal problems of yeah. like of being on one hand very goofy mm-hmm. and like you know very freewheeling and nimbus is always quipping about something literally always giving you fist bumps and calling callus ugly or whatever <laughs> <laughs> 
and then the rest of the narrative is trying to juggle like Osiris actively grieving for his lost ghost and the fact that this is the the fucking apocalypse <laughs> like mm-hmm. that the world is presumably actually like in the process of ending and it's very very jarring yeah. to whip back and forth between those over the course of the campaign on top of the fact that it still doesn't really move the narrative forward in a way yeah. that I think most people wanted to and we had talked about this yeah. offline too it's the way that it was billed was like oh the beginning of the end when it's in reality we literally maybe had the prologue to what the last bit of the story is going to be which is not what they said they made it sound like because like especially if you've got witch queen which was like a change in narrative for how they deliver the expansion content it was never a discrete campaign at least not in destiny 2's lifespan and it was structured in a much different way that people really liked i enjoyed how it was more of an actual like there was a beginning there was an end like the campaign was it's it contained in its thing it wasn't just like oh go do these three strikes and fight a boss you'll never see again it was a, it was a contained thing and they tried to do that again here but not really accomplishing anything yeah, like and, it was and, it's all just busy work well, in the grand scheme of things so some of it uh, and when we talked to Brian about this he hasn't played mm-hmm. this expansion of destiny but you know he's just, Played the game plenty and is yeah. right. He's familiar with the universe and the... Yeah, he knows what's up. And all that shit. And he, un- unprompted, as we were describing kind of like how we and the community at large seem to generally feel about the campaign, he was like, oh, so they made a filler arc. <laughs> no, it absolutely is. <laughs> and it really, really, really and does feel that way. Like, and, and something else we had mentioned was it feels like a seasonal arc. Like, the, the, the seasonal arcs are filler arcs, essentially. Like, the seasonal stories are basically, like, filler arcs that maybe ping one thing that is going to be relevant in like six to 12 months or whatever when the season when the expansion flips over and they have their big like end of the end of the year hoo-ha or whatever they do (laughs) but yeah it feels like this could especially like as we were kind of talking about like the way that the the opening cutscene for the expansion bleeds right into the ending cutscene almost perfectly like everything you did maybe wasn't even supposed to be there. It really does feel like this was the whole like maybe you're maybe you were supposed to get to Neomuna in some other way or whatever, and then that was gonna be a bigger hub for something else or not. I have no idea. But the way that the callous story for this, it doesn't feel like it's anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels divorced from the the, yeah. the core narrative of the witnesses here, who's the, this big bad that they set up at the end of Witch Queen. Mm-hmm. And he, that character is essentially trying to extinguish all life in the universe. More from, or less. Like, like basically. It's going to end everything that we are doing in, in Destiny. Yeah. So it's in the, like, you know, the player's but best interest. But it's also, like, not necessarily aimed at us. We're not the target. We're, like... Just a potential obstacle. We're an obstacle, but we're also just kind of like uh, a casualty of it. All in all, we're not in this conflict. We are brought like as a defense for smaller tiers of threats, but we are not comparable to this entity. We're not on the same level as this being. And sure, and and they've kind of like that's been an, a somewhat interesting recontextualizing of the lore in the greater destiny universe of like they really have established that the traveler is like at the start of destiny one it is portrayed as like a purely benevolent god-like creature like i'm it's still not really clear if it has like sentience sent, right sentience in the way that like i mean i think um, no it, it kind of is because the speakers do actually speak to it like they can hear it it is speaking 
something is speaking through the traveler. <laughs> Whether or not it is the traveler itself <laughs> is, I don't know. But like in in the recent Destiny canon, they have really locked in the idea that it's more like using the mm-hmm. the races that it kind of lifts up as essentially like a defense mechanism against the forces that are seeking to destroy it. Yeah, I mean, Elixni are the best. <laughs> yeah, because the core like the core cosmic good versus evil, or, or not even that, but like like I guess light versus dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, the the binary that we've been fed, yeah, is has, like there's is a, like yeah. muddying with so much gray because maybe the traveler isn't completely good. Maybe the darkness, not the witness, the mm-hmm. darkness isn't completely bad. The witness is psycho, but who can? We don't know what they want because we don't get to learn anything in yeah. this expansion. <laughs> Fundamentally, we know that the the traveler is this being that wields the light. You know, a force a, of creation. A force of creation in the universe. And uh, the darkness and, is and, more of a force of simplicity. And, and, right. And tra- like elegance, basically. Like a the final shape. Once everything else that can be cut away is cut away. The most basic. It's not death. It's not destruction. It's like optimization, I think, is a better way to put it. it the, I mean, to get, uh, I guess, somewhere between, somewhere between philosophical and scientific. It's like the... The final shape is like the end of entropy, basically. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. the universe is settled into, you know, like a single unchanging atom mm-hmm. or whatever. Like they're like the, when there's no more change, when 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 it truly is when everything is done. <laughs> that's what the the witness seeks to mm-hmm. enact in the universe. And the traveler is a, I guess you w- could describe it as a being of like life providing chaos of like it is. No, just, it is. It is. It is it's, creating it's chaos life and, versus order. Yeah, and and empowering you know the beings in the universe as mm-hmm. it kind of travels from civilization to civilization. Because, like, the thing that it did when physically confronted, it shot a beam that, like, terraformed. Because that's what it does. It touches planets, it terraforms them, and then affects the beings that live in systems or planets or whatever. It's still a cool basis for the universe. And, mm-hmm. and again, the novelty of, like, when Destiny 1 first came out and the fact that it was in, like, our solar system. Mm-hmm. Like, that they inherited that from Halo. Like, it's it's cool that Halo takes place on Earth. It's cool that the Destiny universe takes place on planets that we mm-hmm. like you know you could look at with a telescope it's like oh i can go to europa to <laughs> i mean can't well but... <laughs> i mean in the game you can <laughs> yeah well no that, that's one of the things uh, I that i like saturn about, and then um, like in the destiny universe i can go there that's one of the things that i like about specifically with the moon and mars or two planets or planetoids yeah whatever. heavenly bodies mm-hmm. that we have been able to like basically somewhat Cartograph is that the word? Sure. Like map there's out. Hu- there's human like, shit on there. There's, like there's human shit all over the place. We've been able on Mars. to. We can see them. They're close enough, and we can see them well enough, like on a very fine level, to like have features. Like we know. I mean, I know we can do that with more powerful telescopes with farther out things. And I know they've been brought into like Europa specifically has some features that I think they've mentioned like, that are real. But the fact that there's like. There's landmarks for, I know Mars specifically comes to mind. I haven't really looked too much at the moon, but like there are actual real world, like there's locations for this shit and that's cool. But all this to say that like it it is just a, in concept, Destiny is a really neat universe that Mm -hmm. has like, you know, one pinky toe planted in some version of reality and then the rest of the other two feet in like a purely fantastical space opera of Mm -hmm. like this tremendous cosmic struggle a la you know star wars whatever like any uh, lord of the star wars lord of the star wars rings (laughs) right the two star rings (laughs) (laughs) but yeah there's been this buildup of this whole like this conflict coming to a head for all this time and then the way that 
Lightfall has <laughs> has really let people down is that, like you said, it really punts on pretty much everything yeah. in terms of that core conflict. Just kind of kicks it down the road to the next expansion, which will be the thing that presumably wraps this whole narrative arc all It kicks up. it down the road for it to sit on the edge of a cliff. Like... <laughs> It's just there because like the thing with I think the thing that people are kind of conflating about Witch Queen because like it was good, but it's not like the be all end all. In my, I don't think any Destiny story has been the be all end all for me. They're fine. I don't come to Destiny for the narrative <laughs> finesse <laughs> that I would maybe a game like Zelda or anything. I don't know. I don't really come to games for like masterful storytelling necessarily but the thing with like it was a it was such a change of pace that i think it really stands out to people and the fact that they had that stinger with this weird ass character which we learned was the witness that was huge and then there wasn't really like we started mid-conflict which we did in witch queen as well like the end the direct end of last year fed into where we're at right now and then it just kind of like stayed there and again this is i think a tremendous part of the problem here is the way that they set expectations yes because that's uh like in the all the like pre-release build up to all this stuff you know they're like i feel like in the the the, yeah the uh, reveal content rather where they Mm -hmm. you know do like usually like a 40 to 50 minute presentation each year at some point to talk about the next coming expansion or whatever they were like which queen is one of the most well-received pieces of destiny content in history and we're gonna give you the worst (laughs) well no we're like we're gonna keep that momentum rolling and uh, Obviously, no one is ever gonna ever wants to say like, "Oh, we're <laughs> we're doing a thing that's not as impressive as the last thing we did." Yeah. But on the other hand, Bungie actually has kind of done that sometimes. Like specifically in the changeover from coming out of Activision, they kind of set people's expectations on Shadowkeep. That like, all right, there's been a lot of flux in the studio and our process here, and so like, mm-hmm. this is not gonna be like if forsaken the basically the penultimate piece of uh, Activision Destiny content definitely the most well received thing I mean, yeah, that's of, like that they had made under that under the like bar that era that's of the game for this game was yeah. forsaken uh-huh. it was like oh they like they actively that? tried to temper people's expectations mm-hmm. and be like this next thing is not like that and in yeah. fact because of the nature of all of that content both in that expansion and over the course of that year being made by multiple studios distributed you mm-hmm. know the workload was just very distributed for that era of destiny yeah they had kind of reiterated in that era that like to some extent the game will never be like that anymore like it's just a different product now mm-hmm. with a different quantity and i mean distribution was, of resources that was even the shift from the more traditional destiny model into the seasonal model that was the first one with a yeah. the past and in, and in beyond light which is definitely like i, th- I feel like beyond light is in the neighborhood of Lightfall, worse than Witch Queen, definitely better than Shadowkeep. But they did a similar thing of like, that was the pandemic expansion. So yeah. they were like, look, we're, we have, like everybody, we have lost between, you know, some number of weeks and some number of months of work mm-hmm. in terms of like reorienting the organization to be able to yeah. function under COVID. So the, this is not, this is not going to be like the balls out best thing we've ever done, but like, we stand by the work that we have accomplished, and that was in the era of them still doing a lot of back-end work. Yeah. Like, that was the era where they took a bunch of stuff out of the game. The vaulting. The great right. vaulting. <laughs> so they, they did a good job in those instances setting expectations yeah. for, like, look, don't... We're, we're going to try to make something that's fun and engaging, but, like, don't build yourself up for this to be, don't like, the best us. fucking thing that you've ever done in your life. I mean, maybe they just got too big for their britches with Witch Queen. And that's my They fear. were taking a different swing, and it was received so well... 
and they're just like, oh, we can't do anything wrong. Yeah, and that's my fear, Like as we talked about kind of off the podcast yesterday with a few people for a bit. That's my fear of Bungie management in general right now is like I'm a little afraid that they're like high enough on their own supply that, like I said, they they exist in a landscape where like every couple weeks there's a new live service game that's dead. Yeah. <laughs> there have been like half a dozen or more, you know, quote unquote destiny killers like games that have tried to take a chunk of the market. To, to try to replicate right the destiny formula to some extent and are, you know now fallen corpses at this game at that game's feet and yeah i'm a little afraid that from the top level of the company there are potentially people who are perhaps think that they're in a stronger position than they actually are are in and when when you have people in charge if if you have people in charge like that again i'm i don't i'm not speaking from knowledge but from like this is just a spitball observation yeah just like like a thing that might be true Mm -hmm. i can certainly imagine scenarios where the people in the like mid to lower parts of that organization might have very legitimate issues of like oh we should you know delay this or we should rethink some of these processes or whatever that like people above them will be like you know look how many people are look how look at what our monthly daily users are like look at how many games have come out that have failed where we still have continued to succeed. Like, look at how much revenue we're making. Yeah, because the thing, like, specifically with both Beyond Light and Witch Queen, they were both delayed by at least three months, I think was the, I think it was a full season's worth of time about, because it was, it went from September to, like, November, I think, for Beyond Light, right? That sounds correct. Give or take. And then November to February for Witch Queen. Yeah. And it maintained, like, it was a f- actual 12 months this time, and it shows. <laughs> yeah, and it's, again, it's just a very, I, I, I don't know what the inner workings of Bungie are like no. in any meaningful way whatsoever. You know, I'm just speaking as someone who plays the game too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not yeah, not from definitely. any uh, not from any other source of knowledge, same, information, same, same. or otherwise. But yeah, it'll be really interesting, because like you said, they, they did come into this gun, guns blazing in terms of, like, hype. They were oh like, yeah. yeah, get get hyped, everybody! And like I said, I think they delivered something that was certainly not the worst content they've ever made, but like far from the best too. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 put out they they marketed it as something that was potentially the best work they'd ever done, and what they delivered was something that was Subpar. straight down the middle. Yeah, of like it's oh it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I but can... that's a but that's a big basically to to final summarize my point again, like to kind of sum everything up, and then let you say whatever you're gonna say. I like it is a bad look. If you walk out of a test thinking you got an A and then you get it back and you got a D minus, yeah. <laughs> it's not a good thing. But anyway, go ahead. Because I think like, because I recently, as in today, finished my second run through the campaign. This time alone, this time not on the hard difficulty like we did the, the day one that it dropped. And I'm not as, still not amazing, but it's definitely easier to replay than Witch Queen because it's not as involved. I feel like it's been distilled a little bit into a more like streamlined process, which I don't think is bad necessarily. But I also just buttoned through most of the story stuff because I didn't need to see it again. Gameplay wise, it's fine. I had fun playing that again and just going through it like I would kind of any Destiny content. But that initial pass was still pretty hard to swallow. I don't think it's as bad as it felt that first time through, but it's also like not really memorable in a good way. I mean, like you said, in terms, in, I'm not like reminiscing about it, like, oh yeah, do you remember doing this? Like more in the vein of like just any random three month season of Destiny content. It is not super memorable in any no, way. Like aside it, from like what like narratively speaking, yeah, narratively speaking, no, it's not memorable. Aside from totally tubular, <laughs> my guy. The fist bump. 
all that shit. Yeah, it's just. But like you said, gameplay wise, it's it's okay. It's certainly more Destiny. So if you mm-hmm. you know if you enjoy if you Bungie like that. style of first person shooter combat, you will probably really like it. Uh, if you don't like that, it is it does not change the formula mm-hmm. one nope. one iota in, in terms of a broad scale. So if you if you were not into Destiny before this, this is not going to convert you by any means. Nope. In terms of other like, where should you be converted? Don't play this game. Like mid to positive stuff. I do. They did do a really good job, I think, with Strand, the new. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Subclass. I really like it yeah i think it's pretty well balanced from what i've played so far in terms mm-hmm. of being useful without being like st- stasis levels of fucked up because uh, i haven't played a ton of pvp this season i played a tiny bit but uh, i mean i've only played it does not rotators. seem to ruin pvp in the same way that stasis did there for a while the suspend is pretty dumb but it, it lasts so little time in pvp that like i think they they learned like i feel like from my very limited experience they got the the timer almost exactly right in pvp because if you if you hit it with like regular enemies with it they'll stay like locked up for seconds at a time yeah and if you hit somebody in pvp with it it's like a second or less like, i always got suspended just, like, while you i was playing rift and so i was getting team shot a lot so it felt <laughs> really bad mm-hmm. also i was playing rift which also felt really bad <laughs> but you know what can you do not play rift yeah. don't play it it's bad but yeah in terms of uh yeah, just speaking about the whole strand kit, the mm-hmm. how the how that stuff feels in practice to use. Like I said, I think they did a really good job. Of the the grapple is really neat. It's nice that all the classes have access to one like neat mobility option because that's another like a lot of the coolest, most unique classes in Destiny have some unique movement thing. Whether it's like the warlock air dodge or like you know blinking, blinking or... or like the various things that most of the hunter classes can do. Or not, not the titan, you know, they got that cool ground dodge thing mm-hmm. in the the arc updates and stuff. They've got a handful like the shoulder charge shoulder charges and like are great. the yeah. other missile the yeet yeah and it, and it has strand has survivability stuff and then it's got the woven mail and it's got crowd control with the thread <laughs> it's got crowd control with the suspend thing where you kind of like tangle guys mm-hmm. up in a bunch of like cosmic netting and then like you said it's even got like fun little damage critters. options like little critters like little threadling dudes that go blow dudes up and stuff I don't know I, I really like Strand I think yeah. they did a really good job putting that whole I'll thing be together inter- I, did, I, well, I did the initial campaign on my hunter because that's my main class and then I did it next on my titan so I'll be interested to see the Give warlock, the warlock kit I don't know if I'll do it I don't know when I'll do it mm-hmm. soonish but but yeah, that feels strand feels very well realized, and the the mm-hmm. updates they've done across the board to other parts of the game, I think, will help play into that even more. Like getting all the arc or like know, all the light subclasses up to the same yeah. standards of like where they have aspects I'm, and fragments I'm where really they're all glad customizable. They did that before adding another class because that would have felt real bad. Yeah, that stuff is all super neat now, and the thing that people. Which, like, it's still, a like, a tremendous problem for the game because, again, I think Lightfall is a pretty bad jumping-on point mm-hmm. for Destiny, which, like, they should kind of never have those for major expansions, like, yeah. if they can help it. Yeah. Uh, and they've kind of never been good at making them ever. <laughs> but, like, I would say that this is, uh, considering where we're, quote-unquote, theoretically at in the, the narrative mm-hmm. arc, this was, like, a particularly bad time to have, like, a bad jumping-on point for Destiny. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, like, this all kind of sucks, but for people who've been playing the game for a while, all of the, like, structural things they've changed in this expansion relative to the last year or so of playing Destiny, mm-hmm. I think are pretty much all improvements. Yeah. I'm glad that they restructured the way armor works, where they took away the armor affinities for yeah. the different elements, and they pared down Load the mod selection a decent apps. amount. And, the, right, they made the in-game loadout system, which I still need to mess with more, but is still, uh... Yeah, I've been getting a little more into some of the nitty-gritty stuff and making yeah, specific things. It's still things. amazing that it's in there. It's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Like so it's I'm glad that they finally did that and I'm impressed by how watching you set them up and swap between them. I'm still really impressed by how quickly Yeah. 
it uh, swaps all your gear like pretty much instantly. It might in take a, w- a second for it to like materialize yeah. on your character, but in a way like, that, it's uh, there. It's I'm gl- right. I'm glad that they made their own custom tools that are a little more responsive than like people who have made external yeah. applications that access the API, the API. Yeah. Right. Have been have made stuff that like approximates this functionality, mm-hmm. but it's got restrictions. Like you can only change your gear in certain. Yeah. Area, like you can't change it mid gameplay necessarily. Whereas you can just and, press the start button or the bring yeah, up your and screen ult- and ultimately do all that those stuff. API developers are at the whim of how they the stuff that's opened inter- up yeah. to them via Bungie. So like if they want to transfer every piece of your gear, that requires a few dozen API calls in sequence or whatever to kind of mm-hmm. like you know put on your chest and your helmet and your arms and like all your three weapons and all that shit. Whereas uh, Bungie has clearly like made a back end thing for themselves that is like snappier and yeah. more responsive and. And than that, which is really neat. The gear and the seasonal content, like acquiring stuff, I think they've streamlined that across the board for the positive in terms of like they've pared down the season pass bullshit of like they've taken all the seasonal currencies out of the game, which is awesome because managing currencies is a fucking nightmare. Well, it's even like a little bit more across the board. Like all the vendors have been updated to kind of work in a new system similar to that that they'd kind of introduced with Trials and then Gambit and then nothing for a while. Yeah, they finally truly uh, done away with like all the planetary currencies. They yeah. they don't do anything anymore. They've you done away with- You can focus playlist specific weapons for specifically Vanguard and Crucible, which wasn't there before, but in a more robust way than even it was introduced. Right, in if there's any Gambit. like one piece of gear you want, you could it's, it's very- very doable to get a lot of rolls of it regardless of uh like how randomly it drops for you you can spend you can spend your other like gradually accrued resources just by Mm -hmm. playing to get you know one specific gun or whatever if you want (laughs) um they took all the extra currencies out of crafting which i really appreciate god well they they're still two hangings on but they've got expiration dates like they haven't said it the harmonic and resonant alloys oh sure but to like get nixed the the currencies to customize weapons that are are all gone now which is an awesome just even thinking back like where we were literally a year ago with Mm -hmm. like 30 currencies for each perk type, basically, yeah. which w- itself had been pared down from even more before. But and in some ways, like uh, I, like I, on the whole, I think it's a much, much improved system. Yes, there were some parts of it that I did appreciate. Like I could see where Bungie was kind of coming from from a positive perspective. Like the fact that you used to have to use a weapon to extract the crafting patterns from it. I didn't think mm-hmm. that was necessarily a bad idea to like get people to mm-hmm. very briefly try out stuff that they might not otherwise use and then kind of kind of throw it to the wayside mm-hmm. to either like go back to the they were used to or to just go craft something else or whatever like i i could see the positives behind systems like that but again it rolled out way too com- convoluted and complicated yeah. and way too grindy and it incentivized a lot of other negative things like keeping a bunch of extra like everything crafty Just craftable shit. weapons like or, or deep sight weapons in your vault because deep sight could at that point land on literally anything craftable and non-craftable weapons which was its own confusing mm-hmm. like system if you were either new to the game or didn't bother to read blog posts or whatever uh we're yeah. like a weapon could be deep sight and that might mean that it's that it's craftable, or that might mean that you could just extract extract deep sight resonance materials yeah. from it to spend on actually craftable weapons. So the fact that that is now, anytime you see a weapon with a red border, it's craftable. It means that you can craft it, and you are one step closer to being able to craft it. Mm-hmm. Is like a very positive. Yeah, I'm re- I'm user really interface really change. glad about that. It's nice. Yeah, I'm trying to think of if there's a other. Are there any other big ticket things I'm missing in terms of like nuts and bolts stuff that they've changed? I mean the like. Guardian rank system, but that stuff's not so good. That and 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 commendations are like weird. Good ideas in theory that I, in their current execution, I think they'll end up like crafting and like 
even more so like um, when they first rolled out Transmog, like yeah. where that that system was a fucking horrible mess, God. and then they like iterated on it a couple times, and now it's fine. I think I think both of those systems will get to that. Yeah, they're point. they're rough as yeah. they are right now. The idea of like one singular number that shows like skill, you know, <laughs> or just like engagement that that yeah. just shows like how much of the game like do you raid at all? Do you like do you play Grandmaster Nightfalls? Do you play Trials mm-hmm. or whatever? Like the that there the, to have one big number that shows like dedication, if not explicit skill, I think is a not a terrible idea. But the way it's implemented right now is a fucking mess, mm-hmm. where you know a bunch of chunks of it reset that number tremendously from season to season and the baseline yeah. that people are at like the the level six or whatever of guardian ranks is basically just like you've played the tutorial like it's yeah. a it's a pretty much meaningless number <laughs> everyone's a veteran yeah yay yeah it's like it's a cool idea that is executed like somewhat poorly yeah and commendations are the same exact way where like the the thought of having this thing you can do to like kind of tip your hat to other players to be mm-hmm. like oh it wasn't fun playing with you or like you know, you did a good job in that activity. Good, yeah. Like nice work is a is a good idea that ha- the way they have it implemented right now, where both the guardian ranks and in more limited cases, there's that one drop from holiday now or whatever, or not a uh, Hawthorne. Hawthorne, yeah. Hawthorne that like requires you to either give or receive a certain number of commendations. Like yeah. Both of those things to me kind of like anything that would like encourage you to just farm it. accrue as much as possible, yeah. I think defeats the entire purpose of the system. <laughs> yeah. Or like if it's supposed to be to like actually show recognition for or mm-hmm. appreciation for other players. But if you didn't have to do it, no one would do it. Right. Like I said, I understand it. Yeah. I get I get I get that argument. That argument makes sense to me. Like I can see But it still sucks because it, it like you said, it does it is it's a self defeating system because you'll just get people who will run a bunch of raids or like there's ways to like there's certain encounters that you can like wipe on and then give people raid stuff or whatever people who are on who have fire teams are at a better advantage to get that stuff than solo players because not everybody does it and if you're playing with people and like potentially like in comms or whatever like you're gonna give your friends yeah most people are gonna give their the people they're playing with like deliberately that because it progresses guardian rank it progresses that other bounty yeah i definitely think that system will change too although i, I think it's harder to change for the reason you just described because yeah. like you said there is a like there is a good reason yeah there's value for to why it. you would want to incentivize people to just do it mm-hmm. but that that same reason kind of diminishes the system as a whole also mm-hmm. whereas like guardian ranks i think can be pretty like easily relatively easily mm-hmm. fixed by if you just make them all feel stickier like if they don't reset at all or if they reset to a much smaller degree than they do now season over season and if you make the if they made like the, the deltas actual... between them greater, like yeah. if, if each level, especially the early ones, is more meaningful, or if there was even a way to show that you're not explicitly just a new, because like they're like, oh yeah, people who've been playing for a while will have an egg up, and like kind of, but not really, like not in a way that matters up front. If everyone is literally on the same level, and there's no indication whether this person actually is a veteran or is a a veteran in name alone like it doesn't it it accomplishes literally nothing cuz seeing me as a level 6 versus someone who just picked up lightfall as a level 6 are two vastly different people for a nightfall or whatever like other harder activity you get to like maybe that's where like the commendations are supposed to even that out like you look and see the, that and you're like oh this person only has 11 and they're like the ones you can get in strikes or oh this person has the gold ones which are from raids or crucibles or like or the blue ones even i think are um specifically for like raids and dungeons and stuff mm-hmm. which is 
content you can't matchmake into. So you see that, you know, there's at least something different there as opposed to that. But having to do like two levels of archaeology <laughs> to figure out what is this person going to do to me in this harder content yeah, that. And, uh, mm-hmm. and the last piece of that puzzle that will be interesting, like I wouldn't be surprised if by the time that they roll out uh, in-game LFG stuff, mm. they, that that those systems at that point, if not earlier, will get mature, iterated on. Yeah. Right. Because like com- commendations and LFG seem like. It seems like those features were built like in tandem, and then obviously one of them rolled out this expansion, and one of them didn't. Yeah, like conceived of. Mm -hmm. Like, wouldn't it be a good idea to have in-game LFG so you could you can find new players to play with? And then, would it be cool if there was a system in-game to recognize those players and be like, this person, you know, I enjoyed playing with them. Mm -hmm. I would play with them again in a way that like other people can just view at a glance. A lot of the I don't know. I still don't know if you can actually like see what the spread of people's commendations are. Like you can see your own if your game doesn't crash on that screen. Mm-hmm. But like there are some that are like, oh, like there's like this person goes out of their way to like help people. They know what they're doing. They can um they know like mechanics or whatever or they're like good like they there's specific ones you can give in these categories, but the categories themselves don't really like at a glance, like just a brief glance cuz both the guardian score rank or whatever and the commendation level are shown when you mouse over a person like you can see the spread too, like where like how many and of what kind they have but they don't show you which ones they've gotten so you don't necessarily know like oh this person is more x than y or oh god this person clearly doesn't i mean you can kind of tell like a low score is probably like either someone who doesn't play that much or someone who is bad but those those are things like i said i think they'll I think both of those systems will go from this place right now where they're kind of a mess to being just better after an iteration yeah. or two. And then I guess the last holistic thing about the game itself is that I still think the sandbox in general has is pretty well put together. Like, I think the, the weapon balance is pretty good for the most part. I think the ability balance is, like, pretty good for the most part right now. Like I said, I mm-hmm. think Strand slots into the other, like, the core, the pantheon of the rest of Destiny's other ability sets really well mm-hmm. from my initial estimation. Like, it seems... It's Use, unique. It seems useful and unique without being the default thing, yeah. right? Because it's it would have been very easy to have it feel either like totally worthless or like mandatory. Yeah. And the fact that they threaded that needle is super good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very on board with it so far. Um, and again, like the weapons, there's there's a lot of cool new weapon perks this season. I mm-hmm. think that the folks who build that stuff are still doing a bang up job. Yeah, I'm interested to explore more of the new weapons. Yeah, I haven't done too much uh-huh. of that, but I'm also trying mm-hmm. to be just like, I like playing around with them more once I've crafted them because I know that I'm like making progress towards potentially realizing the guns more. So like, I've, I fired a few of the newer ones, but yeah, I'm interested to see what else we got. Yeah, as as always, Destiny will be a work in progress mm-hmm. as a piece of software that <laughs> is constantly changing. Yep. Uh, they will keep shifting stuff around, but yeah. As far as the non non story stuff, like I said, I, I think there's way more good than bad. It's just very yeah. subtle good stuff that again is not going to convert anybody. No, is not going to win anybody over. If like if you have heard of Destiny in passing and are like, I wonder if I'll try this game and like see how I feel about it. None of that stuff is going to be meaningful to mm-hmm. you. Like so, the the big failure you in Lightfall can always just pick the, it up and play any of the other campaigns that are still in the game. They, sure, but yeah, the big you failure in Lightfall and the, and like some the some of the monetization stuff. Let's say that oh, before we bad. close out is still atrocious. It's real like, bad. The, the, I still can't fucking for the life of me. And we talked about this with Brian too. Shadowkeep, I think, is the worst piece of content that still exists in that game. 
that can be purchased. Yes, because they've you know they've taken other stuff out. Yeah, and the fact that like if if you were to like in a perfectly logical fashion. I'm going to get into Destiny. What am I going to do? I'm going to play the first campaign, that, like the earliest campaign that exists. Well, no, so then you're going to get tricked into buying Forsaken and the campaign's not there. (laughs) (laughs) But Shadowkeep is the the earliest campaign that still exists in the game today. And they are still charging for money for it. And it is not great. I think at least it's bundled with Beyond Light. I think they're a single purchase. I mean, whatever. If memory sure. serves. So at least you're not just buying Shadowkeep. And I still actually do really like, for as kind of middling as it was, I liked the Beyond Light campaign. I like a lot about Beyond Light. It's not awful. Um, Again, it's, it's better it's than Shadowkeep. But yeah, like, they they should get out of this. They do. They, they, they absolutely they should. They should stop charging for expansion content after the years year that is it is contemporary they should just roll it up for everybody because it is uh, it is a it is one of the many sticking points that like is a very easy for way for people to not get into your game yeah. that aren't already playing it cuz they're also gating like equi- like guns and like armor pieces and stuff behind them yeah. like and you can't if you don't have everything you can't get everything yeah and they're just Destiny is a complicated enough game at this point. There are so many thousands of pieces of loot. There yeah. are so many dozens of mechanics. And there are so many hundreds of ability combinations that you can spec into. Mm-hmm. Like, all that stuff notwithstanding. I just don't think they can afford, especially when they're delivering content like this, which is not, like, impressive, yeah. which is, like, truly mid. Like, it's not awful, but it's not fucking amazing. I don't think they can afford to leave, like, new players on the table yeah. with, like, convoluted obstructions like that and, like really elevated costs of entry like monetary costs of entry because mm-hmm. like they, they've made that money on that content people who played it that year paid for it and then you know hopefully got their money's worth but they like they bought it already yeah they're selling season passes every year they're selling uh individual microtransactions so many microtransactions for, like little pieces of cosmetic stuff all over the place or there are just plenty unlock of other shit like they yeah, did the intro they're charging for the dungeon season. separately now there are so many sources of revenue in destiny yeah like if they need this money then they have fucked up yeah. <laughs> from a business sense. And if they don't need it, then they should get rid of it for simplicity's sake in exchange for the, the potential to bring new players in more easily. Because even like the that all sh- the outward consumer facing version of it notwithstanding, the in-game process, I'm pretty sure, is still dog shit. Like the actual getting you going, maybe the Guardian ranks makes that easier. I don't know mm-hmm. because I wasn't allowed to do it because I started at six, like everybody else in the game. <laughs> But in the past, like, I have seen bits and pieces of it. When I started playing Destiny and Forsaken, so this is year two, there was nothing. I was just, like, I started the game, and I, I could have started the any of the year one campaigns or the year two one with literally no guidance. I was thrown in there, and I chose to go through the three year one campaigns, Red War, Osiris, and Warmind, and then started Forsaken because I knew that's how it went. But I think Shadow Keep on there might have been like a weird little intro mission going in. They tried to like get you more into stasis with Beyond Light. There was some stuff in Witch Queen, allegedly. From what I little I saw of it, it wasn't great. And who the fuck knows what's there now? But the way that they introduce people in game after, in theory, they've made a purchase is terrible. Yeah. So I guess to, to sum things up in total, unless you have any other really specific thoughts. 
Destiny is still a mixed bag. Yes. And in Lightfall, again, they they sold it. They have it. thrown some stinkers into that well, they, bag. They sold it as a like like our triumphant sprint towards the finale, and and what they tripped. And it's Fallout, right, right? It feels more like a rebuilding year again. Yeah. Like which Destiny has had many of. So <laughs> over the last most decade. years are rebuilding years. Yeah. Let's be right. real. Like it's probably it's Destiny has probably been like two rebuilding years for every like half a year. Really of solid content release. Too, too rough, one great seems to be like Destiny's mm-hmm. rough cadence of content. <laughs> and in a year where, like I said, they seemed like the they way were they were really they were playing it up, hype. they were like, yeah. yeah, like we we've got this, we are fucking crushing it, and that it just does not appear to be the case. Again, it's not. I don't think it's an atrocious piece no. of content, but it is not amazing either. No. So we will see what Lightfall or not Lightfall. We will see what the final shape brings another year and we'll see what this year of content yeah. looks like but uh yeah i think that'll do it for their this so again i don't expect to take frequent visits into destiny land i will probably do this <laughs> annually unless we yeah. stop playing the game altogether which is certainly possible but i don't know particularly likely at this point and yeah next time we record a thing we'll be talking about more indie games yeah we'll have more updates probably smaller updates now mm-hmm. for us too again we're yeah. in our own little rebuilding phase <laughs> smaller updates on the stuff that we're up to Mm-hmm. Talking about more indie games, and uh, yeah, I think well, with if all that, you've got an indie thank game, thank you. Should still that, do the regular outro. Uh, you want us to check out, know about something, see something, you're just like, oh, podcast at cubicorngames.com. That's right. We're uh, always looking for new uh, small games to play. We stream usually Thursdays or Friday nights. Yep, around uh, seven seven p.m. Eastern, Eastern on Twitch at Cubicorn Games. Oh, uh, yep. We're on Twitter. People making games, Mastodon. And run co-host. Yep, at Cubicorn Games. You can find archives of our streams on YouTube at Cubicorn yep. Games. Uh, that's and, and this podcast can be you can subscribe to it at pretty much anywhere podcasts wow. exist. That's the, the last one that I always feel want to mention on the podcast specifically that I sometimes forget about. But <laughs> with all that said, we're gonna call it a show. Yeah. Thank you, Lorraine, for hanging out. Wow. Jabber John about destiny. Oh yeah. So many and, jabs. Uh, yeah, we will All the job. see you in the future with more indie games. And I, if you pl- if you are <laughs> tormented enough to play Destiny, we'll we'll see you in space potentially, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah have a. If good... I knew my Destiny number offhand, I'd I'd say it here <laughs> and tell you. Have a good one. Uh, stay safe, Internet, and yeah. we'll see you next time. Bye.